1: So
2: here I am. I'm offering myself. God, as a living sacrifice to you, I'm all yours. But sometimes, as a Christian, the living sacrifice gets up and walks away (laughs) because now I'm doing my own thing. Could I ask you this morning, are you still on the altar? Are you still saying to God, You got all of me? If not, get back on the altar. You're not a dead sacrifice. You're a living sacrifice. That means that every day, wherever I go, I'm a living sacrifice for God.
0: We, who have given our lives to Christ, are called living sacrifices to God. Because of that, we're supposed to do only what God says to do. We know, of course, that we fall short of that ideal, sometimes far from it. That's when we have to rely on God's forgiveness and patience with us, as well as our trust that He will complete His work in us. Pastor Mark is teaching from 1 Peter. Peter's been encouraging a group of believers to hang on to their faith in Christ. Although they're going through some tough times, ultimately their lives will end up with God in his kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We will be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 2 with part 2 of his message. Christ followers are chosen people and holy priests.
1: Lord, let us hear your lessons
0: so not only is Jesus
2: the foundation of the church, the one that heads the church, he is the cornerstone. He holds the church together. Who is church? People. Think about this. The cornerstone holds our life together. When we go through difficult times, I need somebody to hold me together. It's Jesus Christ. So when you look at all of that, by the way, what kind of building is this? It's not about our building. The church is people. And we're alive. We're living. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a living part of the church of Jesus Christ. Come on, turn it to Joe. I'm a living part in the person of Jesus Christ. You're living this morning. Some of you look a little... Well, let me just go out and move some other place. You kind of look like the 8.30 service. All right, now let's move on. That's because the cold front came. You wanted a cup of tea more. I understand. Now, let me just say this to you. When he's building his church, it started on the day of Pentecost. Now, look at how Paul writes it. Look at Ephesians 4. I have it for you. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Join every way... More and more like Christ, I have a desire, I have a passion for the word. I have a craving for the word. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Now read this line with me in yellow. As each part does its own special work. What does that mean? You're gifted. This church, like every Christian church that's really a Christian church, there's lots of churches that are not Christian churches. Christ isn't mentioned. The Bible isn't revered at all, isn't studied. But any church that has Jesus at the head and his word as the head is a healthy church. And you have a gift. We're a body of believers. I can't do without you, and you can't do without me. We all need each other. Now, notice that. It helps the other parts grow. We're here to encourage one another. The one another commands are all through the Bible. So that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. See, God arranged you to be in this church. Now you chose. You felt good. You prayed about coming to this church. Everybody isn't designed to be in this campus or let alone Calvary Chapel. God designs people to be in different churches. And some of you have moved from other churches. He just moved you here because it was time for you to be here. Some of you will be moved to other churches. I'm not people moving. God's moving people. But you're here for a reason. Because when we're together, we're unified. We're unified. And each part is doing its own thing. Thanks for serving. Thousands of you serve in our bodies as volunteers. What a joy. Do you notice most churches, 20% of the people serve 80% of the people that do nothing, thank you. You're serving. You're doing the gift that God gave you, and you're allowing it to make a difference in our church. Because then the church is what? Healthy. And healthy means growth. A healthy Christian always grows to be, just like you read, More like God. Now, notice this statement. Each of us have a role in helping to build the church. By the way, who's the head of this church? It ain't me. I'm too short to be the head. (laughs) No, the head of the church is Jesus Christ. The head of every church is Jesus Christ because it's his local body. Thanks for using that. You know, when you come in and you're working together and you let people change in the parking lots as you're driving, no, go ahead first, go ahead first. And you're just smiling about it. First is going, go ahead, get on it first. Now they don't see you, but God can see you. Thanks for not being that way. When you see that, if a church is healthy and people leave the church and they're smiling and all good things and the people see you in a restaurant and you're up the upbeat and whatever, Who are you making look good? God, thank you. Thank you for making God look good. But there's more. We're not just living stones. You will be shocked at this statement from Peter. Peter 2, 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, the church, to be a holy priesthood. Whoa, whoa. What am I doing? Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. Now, in the Old Testament, God had a priesthood. He chose Aaron and the Levites to be priests to the people. And they were chosen for a purpose. In the Old Testament, people didn't approach God. Only one priest approached God, the high priest. Even the other priests that were in the line of Levi, they did one thing. They offered sacrifices in the temple for the people's sins. They offered animal sacrifices. The animal would be killed. They offered grain sacrifices, thank you sacrifices, all kinds of sacrifices. So those priests were ordained to offer those sacrifices to God for the people. Kind of a go-between. Because the people didn't know to offer their own sacrifice. They had to have a priest do that. So there was a go-between between that offering of the sacrifice for the people to God. That was the go-between. That's what the priest did. Now, today, everything changed. When Jesus went to the cross, you need to understand what changed. I'll explain to you how that happens. But I want you to write this down. This is going to be a shocker to most of you. Here it is. In the New Testament, all believers are priests. Just turn to your neighbor and say, like, I didn't know that, but I'm a priest. Come on. Come on. I'm a, I'm a priest. I'm not only a living stone. You're going to be funky when you leave this place. I'm a living stone and I'm a priest. Is that true? Of course it's true. Now, how did that happen? Watch how this happens. And I think it'll be very, very interesting to you. Remember, in the Old Testament, only one priest could go into the holies of holies And offer sacrifices for the whole Jewish nation once a year. He was directly in contact with God. Only one high priest throughout the whole history, whoever the next high priest was that was elected in, the other one died out, only one high priest could ever do that once a year. You and I in the Old Testament would never approach God. We'd have nothing direct with God. It would go through the priest to offer sacrifices. Remember, a mediator is a person who can stand between two and communicate with both. In the Jewish temple, there was a huge veil. And it blocked anybody except the high priest on that special day to go in and offer sacrifice. Nobody could go back there. Only one day a year. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, when he died, what happened back in the temple? How many remember what happened? That big veil that would have been from the top, you can use the brick wall here as an example, right from the top to the bottom. How? What happened to it? From the top to the bottom, it got what? Torn in half. You can just picture that wall coming down. Not from the bottom, where man could start doing it, but from the, tell me, from the top. Now, when that happened, what was Jesus saying? Just look at this wall this morning. I'm trying to get to God. I can't get to God. I can't get to God. The veil's there. So when the wall came down, when the veil came down, what was God saying? Come on in. You have now 24-7 access to the one true God. Wow. Wow. Old Testament people would go, that's impossible. There's no way. Was well, exactly what he did. So there was no need for that priesthood anymore. Why? Because every Christian, every believer would now be a priest. And that you need to understand I can come directly to God, but there's somebody I still have to go through. It's Jesus Christ who is our high priest. So when you pray as a Christian, it goes directly to Jesus, right to the Father. Where is Jesus? The right hand of the Father in heaven. Now, I want to show you a principle. And some of you come from a different background. By the way, this is what really happened 500 years ago with Martin Luther when he left the Catholic Church. And one of the keys was, of course, sola, Scripture only, faith only. You can't have good works. But here was another big one. I want you to see this verse. Many of you need to write it down. Now, we're not talking against Catholics. We're not talking about other religions. We're just talking about Scripture. Just talking about Scripture. First Timothy 2.5. For there is one God and how many mediators? How many? One. One mediator between God and men. And that mediator, that man, is Christ Jesus. So here's what you want to write. There is only one mediator between God and man, Jesus. What does that mean to us? Well, it simply means this. When you go to prayer, we don't go through any person on earth. You certainly would not say, Pastor Mark, would you pray for me? Of course, I'll pray for you. But I'm not the direct intersection between God. It's Jesus. So our prayers are directed to Jesus. They're not directed to a pastor. They're not directed to an elder of a church. They're not directed to uh, a priest like you, me. There's no human that is a mediator. No human, zero, no saint, no whatever you were taught. We go directly through Jesus right to God. You know, I like the line is busy. There's too many people. I'm, you, don't you like these phones? We'll call you back. Otherwise, you can wait. The waiting time is 43 minutes. <laughs> can I remind you this morning, there's no waiting time between God and God and you. That's fantastic. Now we can have other people pray for us, but they're not going to God through me, to you, to get to there. They're going to pray to God themselves because they can go right to God. So every single one of you can go to God 24 seven, whenever you need help from God. Hallelujah. See the old Testament people would have, whoop! you got to be kidding me. We have a personal relationship with our God. Is that special or what? Now, what am I doing then? I'm not just a priest. Look back in verse 5. To be a, what kind of priesthood? Say it to me. Come on. A holy priesthood. Well, here's the next thing you want to write down. New Testament priests must be holy priests. Now, what does that mean? I got to put my cap on. No. My robe on? No. It's inward. Different. Set apart, dedicated to God. So I am a priest. If you're a believer this morning, you're a living stone. You're a priest. You're a person that has access to God. Let's see if you remember what I said like three minutes ago. What was the role of a priest in the Old Testament? To offer what? Tell me. Sacrifices, animal sacrifices, grain sacrifice. Well, what is my purpose? Read on in verse five. Go on. I know what's there. Read look at verse five. What is the holy priest to do? What's it say to do? To offer what kind of sacrifices? Spiritual. Animals? No. Because the perfect Lamb of God came once, and there are no more animal sacrifices. Do you get it? He died once and for all, the Lamb of God that will take away the sin. He'd, sometimes people celebrate this from another church. They'll celebrate during the communion and they, and they celebrate that Jesus is dying again. I'm sorry. He died once. It's done. It's finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. The perfect Lamb of God is over. Well, Pastor Mark, what are these sacrifices I'm supposed to be offering I'm glad you ask. Now, I'm going to give you just five. I don't want you to write them down. It's too long. But I want you to see what that looks like in your life. So here are the sacrifices that Peter's talking about. A sacrifice is doing something and honoring God with it. God, I give this to you. I give this to you. Here's the first one. The sacrifice of offering ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. How many remember, this is Romans 12.1. I got in a big offering bag. Anybody remember? I got in it and I didn't fall over. Praise God. And I what was I saying to God? Take me. Take all of me. I'm yours. My sacrifice starts with all of me. That's what you need to offer. Now, he isn't demanding it. We're to offer it. Because it's our privilege. How could I not offer God me? Since he's the one that changed me. How are you going to get to heaven? The same way I am. By the grace of God. So I have no problem offering myself. But let me share with you something. And I'll show you what it's like. Here God you can have all of me. So here I am. I'm offering myself God. As a living sacrifice to you. I'm all yours. But sometimes as a Christian. The living sacrifice gets up. And walks away. (laughs) Because now I'm doing my own thing. Could I ask you this morning? Are you still on the altar? Are you still saying to God? You got all of me. If not, get back on the altar. You're not a dead sacrifice. You're a living sacrifice. That means that every day, wherever I go, I'm a living sacrifice for God. Number one. Number two. What did you do for 25 minutes this morning before I got up here? You praised. People don't understand what worship is. Look at this. The sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So sometimes when I'm going through difficult times, I may not want to say, thanks God. Here's praise from my lips, God. No, I'm questioning God. Why, why are you allowing this to happen? But in all things, I should be what? Praising God, because he's in control. He's in control. Can I just say this to you this morning? Remember the cornerstone holds us together. Some of you are going through a difficult time. Some of you just found out your spouse is leaving. They're walking out the door. You lost your job. You got a report this week medically. It was terrible. The kids are having this difficulty thing. You're struggling financially. And you're trying to think all as you go through all of this stuff. Well, how can I be thanking God? We're not thanking him for the disasters. We're thanking him in it because he's doing what? Let me just give you a word of encouragement. No matter what you're going through, and it looks like it's going to cave in, he's holding you together this morning. Some of you needed that encouragement this morning. That's from God. He holds all things together. He's got you in the palm of his hand this morning. Relax. But do you remember the words of one of the songs we sang this morning? Your praise will ever be on my When I heard that song, I went, yeah, right song for the right service. Perfect. Let's go back. Here we are. Next. The sacrifice of good works. Do not forget to do good and share with those in need. We just covered that. You're here to serve God in this church. Thank you. Because you're doing good things, not only in this church, but of course outside the church, you're doing good things, and that's a sacrifice. Why? Well, you're going to make those boxes of love that go to the kids in Haiti. That's a sacrifice. You're going to pay the five bucks, buy gifts. Your kids can you know how the kids go? I want one of these, one of those. Well, you gave it to the person in Haiti. Why can't I get one? Well, Christmas isn't here yet. Yeah, look, it's going to be a sacrifice to you. But we love doing that because we're blessing people who are less fortunate than us. Next, the sacrifice of our possessions and our money goes right along with it. See, everything you have, when you put yourself in that offering bag, it's all God's. Our money, our possessions, whatever, the serving time, our gifts, our talents, it's all God's. We just say, God, it's yours. I'm your servant, that's why I'm here. Next, the sacrifice of sharing the gospel. Paul says when he went into Rome, he went into Rome for one reason so that people could be born again. You're here not just to do good works. You're here to be light and salt. Our neighborhoods, our families, our workplaces are filled with people who don't know God. How are they going to know God? Well, Pastor Mark, I'm like not into that. No, you have to sacrifice yourself and get into it. You have to obey the word of God. We have to love the lost, not just the church family. When this service is over, the church... Infiltrates our cities. For what reason? To do good works, to make God look good, and to look for an opening to share the gospel. Even in a restaurant this afternoon, stop the waitress, the waiter, and say, Anything I can do for you, anything we can pray for you. Just see what God will do. Think about those people. Now, look at verse 6. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion. A chosen and precious cornerstone, talking about Jesus again. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Peter goes back to Isaiah, basically, 28. And he says, you're absolutely secure. He who puts his trust in him will never be put to shame. I'm back to the same situation again. When I'm struggling... And going through difficulty, I'm kind of thinking things are falling apart. We already covered that. He's got you together. He's what holds us together. But second, when those things happen in my life, because they happen in your life too, all these distractions, these difficult things that happen to us, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Where is most of my focus if I'm not careful? It's on the trouble. Let's just picture this. This is the trouble you're going through. When I go through, where's most of my focus? Come on. It's right here. You can name it all. But I want you to see this verse. This is what Peter's trying to say. You can trust God. He's never going to fail you. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So what is the writer of Hebrews trying to say to us? If you trust in him, he's not going to fail you. So where should my eyes be? When I'm going through difficult times, the divorce, the sickness, you name it, whatever. Should... Satan will always, in my own weakness, will always direct me right back to where? The problem. But where should my eyes go? The solution. His name is Jesus.
0: Today, Pastor Mark taught about the priesthood of the believer and its correlation to the Old Testament Levitical priesthood. We learned that like the Jewish priests, we are required to offer sacrifices to God. And we learned what those are. We heard more about the importance of every believer to the proper functioning of their local church assembly. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. The next time we're together, we'll hear Pastor Mark conclude the sermon, Christ followers are chosen people and holy priests who share God's goodness. We'll find out more about where the Jewish religious leaders went wrong in their rejection of Jesus, which opened up an opportunity for us Gentiles to be grafted into the family that God had set up. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together let's do life right.
1: In a hurry